Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, I speak with Lena about the birth of her son. This episode is focused on, of course, her birth story, but mainly on the aftercare process that she experienced. Lena didn't get the aftercare that she deserved from her midwife or the doctors that she saw, and it's not until she's been able to speak to a therapist about her birth experience that she actually got the help that she needed. So it's a shame that Lena didn't get the aftercare that she deserved, but I hope that this helps you all to know what you deserve and what to look out for after your birth. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. Hi, Lena. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for letting me join you. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, so um, my name is Lena. I'm originally from Germany. I'm 27 years old and I've been in New Zealand for the last uh, eight years. And my family is me and our little one Lucas and my partner Andrew and his two older kids. Um, Amelia and Joe. Awesome. And whereabouts in New Zealand are you guys from? So we're from the sunny Bay of Plenty from a little town called Fakatani. Cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Do you want to take us through that? Were you trying to get pregnant? What was that like? Yeah, so we, well, obviously, well, I came to New Zealand in 2011 and I met Andrew within four weeks of me being here. And because he's already had two kids, it took us quite a while to decide that we did want another one. And yeah. so um, once we yeah, came to the agreement of adding another one to the mix, <laughs> um, it took us about nine months to get pregnant. And, yeah, we were starting to get a bit worried. Or, well, I was. Um, you know, obviously he's got two kids, so... If there's anything wrong, it wouldn't be him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, getting a little bit to that point where you think, I oh got, you know, where are we going from here if it's not going to happen anytime soon? And how did you end up finding out that you were pregnant after those nine months? And did you miss a period? Were you tracking your cycles or was it something else? Yeah. So I was kind of tracking my cycle and I was a little bit late, but not too late. And I don't know, just for shits and giggles, I thought I'll, I'll do a test and came back negative and we were both quite upset and well, a lot of 
a few days later, I still didn't have my period. And so I did another test and it was still negative. And I'm like, man, this is, this is strange. Something might not be quite right. And I think I ended up doing another one at home and that was still negative, but I still didn't have my period. And I thought, oh God, I'd better go. <laughs> um, yeah, and see, see my GP and just get them, I don't know, to check out if there is something wrong. And, yep. um, yeah, so ended up going there and, um, the lady was like, oh, we'll just do another test just in case. And I was like, well, I did three already. And she was like, yeah, we'll just do another one just in case. I'm like, okay, cool. And, um, yeah, so I, we did another test at the GP and she sat me down in her little office and she was like, well, so, um, yeah, you are pregnant. I was like, get down, <laughs> whatever. And she was like, no, 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 you are. Is it not a good news? And, um, yeah, I was like, no, that's, that's really good. Like we were waiting for this, but yeah, not sure why all the tests showed a negative yeah, sign. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, we did. And we were very excited and yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And how were you feeling from there? Did you have many symptoms in your first trimester? No, I was really, really lucky. I barely had any. I think in the first trimester, I may have been like physically sick. I think only once. And yeah, I felt a bit queasy, but not, you know, sick, sick. So yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about the rest of your pregnancy experience? Did you notice any major changes in the second or third trimester that were related to your pregnancy? Well, apart from the growing belly, I guess. Hey. <laughs> apart from the bump. Um, yeah, and the snoring. Gosh, ask my partner. Journey. I started, started snoring like a 60-year-old male. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was closer to the end, though. But no, I, yeah. I had absolutely nothing. I had a, a beautiful pregnancy and loved every minute of it. And I just felt really cool, calm, and collected. Like, I'm a very organized person, and I do stress quite quickly. And yeah, I think pregnancy was the only time in my life where I felt relaxed, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's lovely. No, and good. did you have yeah. um, a midwife in Fakatani, or what were you planning on doing there? Yeah, so I did I did have one. She was recommended by um, a few friends, and um, she was close to my work. And, yeah, so I did choose, choose her because it was easy and convenient. And, yeah, she seemed lovely yeah yeah and were you planning to give birth at the hospital or what were your thoughts there yeah so my my initial thought was I would have quite liked a home birth but I didn't know how we would do that with the logistics of the older two kids because they live with us full time and um Andrew my partner he was quite against a home birth because well he's been part of two births already so he kind of you know I was like, oh no, what yeah. if something goes wrong and all that kind of thing? So yeah, we agreed on a on a hospital birth in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or do anything like that before your labor? Yeah, we did. We um joined an antenatal class because I kind of made them. <laughs> um, yeah. And um yeah, it was it well the antenatal class as such wasn't well now from what I know afterwards <laughs> um, <laughs> wasn't the most I don't know informative I guess like we were talking about birth and things but I, me and like most of the other girls feel like 
we kind of knew that stuff already anyways, but we never did yeah. anything practical like how on earth do you bath a baby or how on earth do you change nappy, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of like, oopsies. But, oh, well, we did one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. And did you end up going into labor spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Yes, I did. Um, so a couple of, uh, what was that, like maybe a week before my due date. And um, I don't know, it, just, it was like a um, Monday night and we were watching Shortland Street and I said to Andrew, I don't know, something feels different. He was like, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of like contractions. They're like, nah, whatever. Are you joking? I said, no, no, we might have to, you know, keep an eye on it kind of thing. And, um, yeah, so that, that was the start of it. Yeah, so, um, so that was Monday night, seven o'clock. And, oh, we were really excited and we didn't tell the kids anything because, you know, you never know how long or that it's going to take. And so we were just keeping it on the down low. And then Tuesday morning, once the kids woke up, we were kind of telling them that, you know, look, my is in, or me is in, I'm a neighbor and, um, or early neighbor. And, um, yeah, by the time you come home from school, there might be a little brother. And, um, <laughs> yeah, they were really excited and went off to school and, um, came back home and there was still no brother. In <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so contractions were kind of getting stronger and a bit closer together, but that, that kind of ebbed off quite a bit as well. And um, I'd been to the hospital, I think, on maybe once on a Tuesday and got given some Panadol, which, well, anyone that has been through labor knows that that like, doesn't even, like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't even do anything. Um, and got sent home, you know, to relax and stay as calm as possible and try and have a sleep and stuff. Um, which obviously didn't happen either. And um yeah, so Wednesday so it was like two days later was when all everything started happening properly. Yeah. Yeah, and had you had any checks from your midwife in that time or what was that um experience? Yeah, so not on Tuesday, but I made her check me on Wednesday morning because I, I just you know, got to the point where it's like, you know, I've been in this situation for quite a while now. I never had even realized that there is such a thing as pre-labor and that it can yeah. go on for days and days. Um, And so I kind of made her check me and I was only at a two after bloody like over 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was quite disheartening, you know, like, you've been through this for so long and I was trying to stay calm for the kids and for my sake and still nothing was happening. So I got her to check me and she was like, no, it's only a two, you know, you'll go home again and see how you go and, and carry on doing what you're doing. Might try and have a bath. So I ended up having a bath and, um, uh, around mid or early afternoon, like two ish, I think. We went back to the hospital because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Like I hadn't had any sleep since Sunday Um, and I was getting just tired and yeah, like nothing was happening and, you know, and so she said um, that there are two, well, there are a couple of things that I can do. So one is to just 
go back home and carry on as I was and hopefully by tomorrow everything will be going. Or the other thing was to um, get a, a, a drug called pethidine. And mm-hmm. um, pethidine can do two things. So they can either knock you out and make you sleep and you wake up and you're ready, you know, your body has progressed and, and you're ready to go with a little bit of rest. Or the other thing that can happen, and it, it was kind of like a warning, um, you can get the shot of pethidine and then wake up and you're ready to push. Um, so from zero to nothing. And I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll take the risk because I was just shattered at that point. Yeah, so I did. And um, I had a good sleep. Oh, I considered it a good sleep. My partner said I was moaning <laughs> the whole way through, but I can't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, woke up after a couple of hours. I said, I can remember, I was said to Andrew, I mean, I really need to go to the toilet. And I was trying to sit up. But in that moment, I had a contraction coming as well. And it was like, I woke up and it was kind of like, holy crap, what the hell is happening? Like, mm-hmm. this feels different than what it did before. And next thing I noticed was there was like water everywhere. And I said yeah. to him, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I think I just peed myself. You know, like I was really, really embarrassed. And he was like, oh, don't worry, honey. We'll just ring the buzzer. We'll get a midwife in and, you know, we'll sort it out. So we rang the buzzer and a hospital midwife came in because my midwife had gone home to have a rest. Um, the hospital midwife came in and I said to her, look, I'm so, so sorry. I was so embarrassed. Like I was mortified <laughs> I peed myself. And she was like, darling, you did not pee yourself. Your water's broke. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, like it was this realization, like, holy crap, something's about to happen. And, yeah, um, yeah so she was kind of like, okay, well, I'll, I'll check. I'll check you and um, I'll see how far you are and then, yeah, we'll we'll move you to a different room because I was in the side room, like I wasn't in the delivery room. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, yeah, cool, okay. And so while she was checking me, she was kind of like, oh, this is weird, this is weird, this feels strange. And, I mean, it's kind of like the last thing you want to know or hear. Um, Yeah, and so... Oh, I need to go get someone else to check you as well. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay. Well, so she did. And then, um, yeah, it turns out I was like from a two to an eight. Like I was progressing those two hours like crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like what happened was she had only just come to the ward. So she hadn't even read through any of the notes when we rang the mm-hmm. mother for her. And so she, that's why she kind of said, oh, my God, what's happening here? So, you know, she, she kind of got thrown in the deep end a bit as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they moved me into the delivery suite. And this was like, I can't remember it properly anymore. Um, yeah. That's uh, kind of like a, a side effect from the pethidine as well. Everything was kind of in a haze. And, um, yeah, so... They must have rung my midwife um, to come, and so she arrived. But I was kind of at that point, like, I felt like I needed to push, and everyone was yelling at me. Oh, you know, I feel like everyone was yelling at me. They weren't, but, you know, <laughs> that's like what my brain thinks it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, do you need a push? Do you need a push? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And then, okay, well, go for it then. Go for it. Um, Because what they hadn't told me was that my baby's heart rate dropped 
um, quite significantly with every um, contraction at that point. Yeah. And so for them, it was clear that something needed to happen and, and they needed to get him out, um, which I, like, I didn't, I had no idea about that. Or I don't know if they did tell me and I just didn't take it in, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then the, um, uh, obstetrician came in and I remember him and my midwife having an argument whether they were going to, um, perform an episiotomy and, and use forceps. Um, and she was kind of telling him to give me another chance to get his head out. And he was kind of pushing her to like, no, no, come on, we need to get him out now. And, um, yeah, so then they must have, um, given me some numbing injections because I didn't, I didn't have any epidural, um, and I couldn't focus on the gas. Yeah, so then they performed the episiotomy and used forceps um, to deliver his head. And the rest was out within, you know, a couple of pushes. So my active labor was only, I think it was only two hours, like it was next to nothing. Um, And that's part of the pethidine as well. Like it can progress your labor from like, yeah, zero to a hundred in no time. And, um, yeah, so he was out and they placed him on me and, um, I, I don't remember that either, but my partner was saying that those were the worst, like, two minutes of his life because, yeah. um, our baby was quite lifeless and didn't scream at first and he was quite blue, um, because he had his, um, umbilical cord wrapped around him a couple of times as yeah, well. Okay. And was that the cause yeah. of the um the heart rate drop during contractions or pushing or they're not sure? Yeah, so that would have been um what was part of the cause, but also yeah. that we both had been in labour for so long. Um, you know, they said to me afterwards, Well, you need to see it as you didn't have a rest, but Baba didn't have a rest either. Because mm-hmm. he he was um the wrong way around, like he was sunny side up. Yeah. I don't know I don't know which which like he was anyway facing the wrong way. Um yeah. and so what this long labour was trying to do was trying to turn him. Yeah. Um which it didn't quite happen. And so as they were trying to get him out after the head was um delivered, they um realized that his shoulder was stuck under my pelvis also. Okay. And yeah, so um there was um, quite a bit of a push and shove and me having to lie flat. And they, it's like this procedure that they have to do where they like pull your legs all the way up, kind of past your head um, to give the baby more room to get out. So it was um, quite traumatic for me. And like my worst nightmare was having to need stitches. And so, well, I guess well, that was what happened and so afterwards like I couldn't quite cope with it but yeah my midwife didn't really understand why it was such a trauma for me yeah she didn't understand at the hospital or even even post that no no um that was kind of post because while we were at the hospital it was you know after he was born it was quite euphoric and it was like oh my god you know we made a baby and 
you know, you look at them and it's like, holy shit, I made this, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's just this unreal, honestly, it is this unreal moment. And it's like everyone says, you know, they are out and it's like instantly it's gone, you know, like this pressure yeah. and this giving birth thing is like out, you know? It's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's really mind blowing um, <laughs> how that happens. Yeah, but yeah, like while I was still in the hospital, um, yeah, the aftercare wasn't, I feel, not that great. And from midwife and the obstetrician as well. Um, yeah, I just didn't feel like I was understood, you know, I was taking it seriously, really. Yeah. And what were your yeah. main concerns that you sort of felt like weren't being heard or you just felt like you were lacking support overall? Yeah. Um, yeah, just the fact that. I just couldn't remember anything, you know, and it really, like, I can't remember how I got from the delivery suite to my room and I can't yeah. remember my first night with him. I can't remember, um, breastfeeding him, um, you know, during that first night at all. I don't know when my partner left me to go home, you know, all these kind of things. I like, they're just gone from my mind. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then obviously, um, like the birth for me was so far from anything I could have ever imagined or seen, you know, in a movie or in YouTube videos <laughs> or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. that it was kind of like, Jesus, what the hell just happened to me? You know, my midwife was quite busy and I don't know, it just felt like I wasn't, what would you say? Like her priority, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah, I don't know, like this did just, um, in the hospital, were, like it was just really, really sore. Like it was so bad after two, I think I was in hospital for three nights, four nights. Um, and yeah, like the third night, I was still in so much pain that one of the night nurses or night midwife said to me, Oh, like, is it okay if I have a look at you? And I was like, Yeah, sure, go for it. And so she had a look and she was like, Man, you've got a massive hematoma on one side of your bum cheek that is like like it's bruising the whole right hand side of your mm. bottom from yeah. from your um perineum on. And so that would have been part of what was all the pain and so we got the, the obstetrician to have a look the next day and he was like, Oh no, it'll be fine. It's you know, it's already going down and yeah, I'm like, um, dude, this is not going <laughs> down at all, you know? I got discharged and got home and the baby was a mess because he was just really really unsettled and um I was a mess but I was trying to you know be cool enough for the other two kids that you know they wouldn't freak out as to what happened to me yeah and then after a week and a bit I think after two weeks must have just burst open yeah I had kind of like like I had a shower on a Sunday night and I was like I know I shouldn't, but I'll just have a look at what I look like down there now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I grabbed the mirror and had a look and like, I nearly died. Like I had pretty much yeah. two entrances. Like there was, there were like two holes, you know, where <laughs> there shouldn't be. And so I was telling my partner and he was like, Oh, I'll just ring your midwife. I was like, nah, it's Sunday. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I can't bring her now. And he was like, don't be silly. Like just bring her. That's what she's there for. But because that's just the person I am, like, I don't want to be a pain to anyone or, 
you know, I don't want to be an inconvenience. So I thought, oh, I'll just ring her Monday morning. Like, it'll be fine, surely. And so Monday morning, I rang her and I said, look, you know, I had a shower last night. This is what I saw. And she was like, oh, is it bleeding? So like, well, no, I guess not. And she was like, oh, that's all right. I'll come and see you tomorrow anyways. I couldn't just wait another day. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, sweet as then. So I waited another day. And then Tuesday came around and she checked me. And oh, I'll never forget the look on her face. So I saw the look on her face. And I just immediately knew that this is not what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah, so we went through the whole drama of having to go back to the hospital when I was just, I was so angry, you know, like I was just so yeah. upset and angry because I trusted her and I told her that this is my worst nightmare scenario and it had to happen. Yes, of course, you know, I do understand the medical reasons for it, but far out here I am needing to be possibly restitched on top of all of that, you know, mm. and, um, yeah, she was kind of getting a bit iffy with me for being so upset. Um, not in any words, but, you know, I don't know. I just got this feeling. The obstetrician that saw me was a different one, and, and he clearly noticed how upset I was, and he said, look, what we can do is we can leave it for now, and your wife will have to come and check you every two days um, to see if it looks like it's growing together on its own and that there's no infection happening. And if after a week she feels like it's not growing together the way it should or, you know, if there's anything infectious happening, you will need to come back and we will need to restitch it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I can live with that for now. And so, yeah, he made sure to tell her that she will need to check on me every two days, um, which felt, you know, like I was kind of being an inconvenience. Um but yeah, so she did, and it luckily, like it, it started looking all right, I guess, because I didn't have to be restitched. Um, that was kind of like the worst part of it all. I don't know. I was kind of trying to be like tough, I guess. You know, like I was trying to like yeah. show, like or not show, that it was getting to me. That that was what was happening, and so I was pushing it kind of in the back of my mind and not thinking about it. And um, with the breastfeeding, like, I loved breastfeeding. I absolutely loved it. I had, like, knock on wood, no problem from the start whatsoever. Like, he yeah. latched really well. I didn't have, I had the initial pain um, that comes with something being on your nipples for 24-7. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, no, no problems whatsoever. But I didn't have enough milk. And, yeah. um... So I've got like a condition that um got to do with the glandular tissue. Yeah, so it's just basically that we don't have enough glandular tissue and it doesn't some ladies are not able to breastfeed at all. So it was kind of lucky that I, I was able to breastfeed to a point, but we had to um yeah. give Lucas yeah, formula top ups from the start. Yeah. And um that kind of got to me a bit. Like I was kind of like feeling like I failed or my body failed me being a mum, you know, like that I couldn't feed my baby on my own, if that, that makes sense. It was just what had to happen. And the, and the good thing was that the kids were able to give them bottles, you know, and they love, you know, being that yeah. part of it or doing that part. And, and my partner was really supportive. So, you know, he loved 
giving him bottles and it took him away from me for a little while, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that wasn't too bad, but I, I don't think that made me have a problem with bonding. Of all, it just like it made me be overly protective of him. Yeah, that's fair enough. And how did you find your sort of physical recovery from there? You, you said that you had to have your midwife checking on you every two days. Did everything sort of just heal up on its own and then you recovered okay after that? Or what was that like? Um, it took about 13 weeks to heal to a point where you couldn't say there was a cut anymore, which is quite a while. Well, you know, like I never, never expected yeah yeah to like you know to take that long like I wasn't able to walk without pain for a good seven or eight weeks you know it was sore like yeah it was really damn sore and yeah like I wasn't able to sit on my right side you know like I couldn't put any pressure on it for ages and um I had this friend who had to have an emergency c-section and she was pretty much pretty close to pain free within a week, you know? Yeah. And in my head it just kept this thing going like, why on earth couldn't I have had an emergency C section? You know, why mm-hmm. did I have to go through this and I'm still in so much pain and you know, yeah, like I was struggling with that quite a bit. And were you able to talk with your midwife about that or <laughs> Yeah, well that that was a um funny thing. It felt like I was kind of brushed over and we never actually talked about my birth at all so what I now realize generally what midwives do is like you know they have a talk to you about it or hand you the hospital notes or their notes and have like a debrief kind of thing and that kind of has never happened and um it was because they were they're supposed to be with you for six weeks and my one after five weeks was kind of like okay, well, I've made an appointment with Plunkett for you, and I said to her, look, you're meant to be with me for six weeks. For the crap that I've been through, I want you to be with me for six mm. weeks. Like, you're not backing out now kind of thing. Um, I don't even know what happened. And then she was kind of, like, looking at me like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, well, I can't remember anything, you know, and I just kind of broke down and was trying to get across to her that, for me, there's like this whole thing missing, you know, like, mm. I, I don't know. I just couldn't believe it. And she was like, Oh, well, oh, oh, I didn't realize. Well, blah, 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 blah. And then she kind of just jolted through all the things that happened and that everything was medically, medically necessary. And, mm-hmm. um, I felt really rushed out and brushed off, but I yeah. kind of was like, okay, well, cool. Thanks for clearing this up. Yeah, because I didn't want to be a pain again. God, honestly, now I know, <laughs> you know, next time be a pain. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and that, that was kind of it. And then um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was like, oh, well, I got my notes. And I said, oh, okay. And she was like, oh, you can just request them from the hospital. Like, okay, well, maybe I'll just go through that way, and then I don't have to deal with her and ask her about it. Yeah. Um, but I ended up having to ask her how to go about applying to the hospital for them. And then she was like, Oh, do, do you want them? I was like, yeah, I do. Ah, okay then. And she was, yeah, being really strange about it too. Yeah. I don't know why. 
but yeah, I ended up getting them from the hospital. I didn't go through her or anything. Yeah. yeah. And, and did then, you find that that sort of helped at all? Cause you were able to read through them and, and remember parts that maybe you, you couldn't remember or what was that like? Yeah, it helped me definitely with the um, bits and bobs missing in my head and like a timeline as well. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. It was good that yeah. I got them. That Like, it was horrible to read them for the first time um, or the second time even. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was good that I have them now. Yeah. Yeah. And how have you gone about sort of processing the experience that you have had, I know you said that you associate quite a lot of trauma with your birth experience and also what happened to you afterwards. So how have you gone about dealing with that and, and trying to process it? Yeah. So while I was still under the care of my midwife, um, after I started asking questions, she kind of, um, um, referred me to maternal mental health and, um, they took about a couple of weeks, I think, to get in touch with me. And so this lady came around and she was like, oh, yeah, your midwife has referred you to me. Tell me, you know, how do you feel what's going on? And so I was telling her everything and I was crying a lot and breaking down. And she looked at me and she goes, honey, um, you crying is showing me that you're not bottling up, that you're letting it all out. Yeah, I think you're fine. Like, you don't need to see me again. Um yeah, you'll, you'll be fine. You're not bottling up. You're, you're letting it all out. And, um, if you do feel like you do want to talk to me in the future, just give me a call. I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, thank you. And, and that was pretty much it. Like it was an hour talk. Right. And, and then she left and I never heard from her again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, in my head, I just kept pushing and pushing it further away and just muddled through like, you know, I've got, this newborn baby, the other two kids to look after and trying to keep the house together. And so I just kind of ignored it Yeah. up until um, he is now 18 months old. And so I think about two months ago, um, my partner and me you know, started talking about maybe having one more. And in my head, I just thought, no, it wouldn't be fair. Like I need to have a clear head um yeah. before we try for another one and so i made an appointment just with a counselor in Fakatani and um went through it myself and and like gone privately and and talked to her about it and because maternal mental health only looks after mums up until i think 12 months postpartum and then they kind of drop off and it's not their thing anymore yeah and so yeah i've seen my counselor Four t- three times and I feel so much better already. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a shame that you've had to wait this long and you didn't get the support and aftercare that you needed at the time and maybe you wouldn't have had such a long journey with it, but I'm glad that you've found something that's helpful now. Yeah. Me too, actually. Like it was really good. She explained a lot of things about trauma and yeah, no, it's been a long way. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were to head into pregnancy and birth a second time around, what do you think you would do differently? Or is there anything that you would sort of say to yourself that you're not going to allow that to happen again? Or So I've already started writing a list <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. questions, of questions I would ask my future midwife. Um, and part of it is just like how 
busy are you? You know, like, are you able to look after as many mums as you have? You know, because that was part yeah. of the thing with my Facebook. My, I just like I know they're all busy, and I know they're all underpaid and understaffed, and I do understand it to a point. But you're working with women through one of the most important, important um stages of their lives. You know, and and mm-hmm. like a very vulnerable thing as well um like I do feel yeah like I need someone that shows a little bit more empathy I guess yeah and time yeah so I've got like what like things like that like how busy are you and and I definitely know to speak my mind and I know that if there's just the slightest doubt in your mind that this is not going to work out that I will change because yeah. that was one of the things that like, we had our, our, um, our birth talk at 35 weeks and my partner and me left this meeting with the midwife going, Hmm, this is kind of like, we feel strange. Like, you know, we, yeah. we, it doesn't feel right. It didn't feel right. But at 35 weeks, first time, um, you know, you yeah. don't think about changing your midwife. Yeah. But now I know, no, stop it. Um, will change something you know I will listen to myself yeah yeah so that that's one thing um that I'm very adamant about yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story with us I think um you've got one that's really interesting and I think important to talk about what our rights are to aftercare and what we should Mm. be experiencing and I'm sorry that you went through the experience that you did but I hope that if you get the opportunity a second time around it's a lot more positive I hope so too (laughs) that's like one of my (laughs) biggest struggles today I'm not sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah fair enough well thank you so much for coming on today I really appreciate it oh thank you so much Jordan Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.